Hello, podcast listeners. Today's episode is with Jeremy Holland. Jeremy is a Paragold firefighter who just recently completed the Arkansas Traveler, which is a 100-mile race through the Washita National Forest. In this episode, we talk about the importance of perseverance, grit, mental toughness, teamwork, and doing hard things every day. I was personally really inspired by this conversation, and I know you will be as well. With that, here's today's episode with Jeremy Holland. Jeremy, thanks for coming on the podcast. Hey, man. Glad to be here. So I want to talk about the Arkansas Traveler. Uh, I'm very intrigued by anybody who makes a decision to run 100 miles through a forest that you actually chose to do that is incredible to me. Uh, but before we get to that, tell me, are you from Paragold originally? Yes. Uh, born in Paragold, lived here my whole life, went to Green County Tech, uh, graduated in class of 2004. Okay. So I'm... Homegrown and probably yeah. live here forever. So. <laughs> Were you real active as a child? Were you into sports and all that kind of stuff? I was. Stuff? I played uh, I played basketball, football in junior high, and then uh, got into track and cross country in high school, and uh, did okay. that through high school. And then after high school, quit all that. You know. Okay. <laughs> so that didn't carry on for a while. When you came out of high school, what did you do? Did you go to college? Did you go straight went, into work? What'd you do? I went to uh, Black River Technical College. Got a a. Uh, degree in fire science okay uh, fire science degree and then uh worked a few jobs and then finally got on the paragold fire department how long have you been there i've been there for coming up on 14 years now 14 years all right yep. you've been there for a while yep. what station are you at i'm at station two over on lake street over on lake street yep. how uh tell me what it's like in the life of a firefighter for those who are listening to this right most of them probably aren't firefighters right what does that look like it's a uh, we go in at six o'clock in the morning and we do our chores. We get those done, and we we have multiple chores, different days, different things, and then we wait on a call, and we jump up and run. Uh, we may have two calls that day. We may have none. We may have 20. You never know. And you're uh, getting more calls now, right? Because I guess when you first started, y'all would not work wrecks. Right. We didn't. We worked strictly fires. So mm-hmm. we would have structure fires or uh, commercial alarms, residential alarms. Now we're alarms, fires, Car wow. wrecks and uh, medical runs. A lot less time, probably just to hang out and right. watch the trucks yeah. and all that now. Yeah. I'm not sure of the numbers, but I know it's grown drastically since the medical. Will you so. go to, I guess, any wreck where the ambulance is called? Is that how that works? Yes. So yes. if the ambulance is called, y'all will also be called on medical calls. Yeah, wrecks, we're going to go, especially if it's blocking the road, then we're okay. going to go. We help with PD with traffic and, okay. and we're first responder type situation there so um how has that been because obviously not that's that was new it was added into your job right. later yeah i would think that'd be really difficult i mean obviously fighting fires has its own challenges and right. definitely it's on risk but what has that been like for you to have been to work some of the this the trauma side of things because you're rolling up on some obviously i guess at the time you've been doing this some pretty bad stuff right yeah has that been difficult for you has that been a challenge it uh it makes the difference in the fire side. You know, we go to a fire and we put the fire out and there may be a family standing there, but sure. most of the time it's things that are lost. Yes. But you roll up on an accident, it makes it more personal, I guess. It's, Absolutely. It's real then, you know, seeing the injuries that you see and the, the fatalities and things like that. So that, that makes it real. Yeah. Uh, how do you, how do you feel like most firefighters deal with that? And, I mean, same thing for paramedics. Like when you're being exposed to these things, you're seeing – you probably see more traumatic events possibly in a week than some people will their entire life. 
is there training that y'all receive and like, hey, here's how you deal with this? And if so, like, what is that? Like, what what have you found to be the most effective way of, of doing your job well but not letting it, like, haunt you whenever right. you go home, if that makes sense? Yeah. Uh, honestly, I'll be real with you. Yeah. I think most of us, we're, we're the alpha males, and we just hold it in. You know, yeah. we just don't yeah. let it out. But we did have a training uh, provided to us couple months ago that was mental health which mm-hmm. was really good training and uh, the city offers us free mental health care oh great like, i didn't know that yeah free counseling so all we have to do is make a phone call to city hall they'll set it up for us and we go that's all awesome. for free so that's been i've never personally used it but i know a yeah. few guys that have and i think it's it's great uh, you absolutely know. i would agree 100 percent. that's awesome i had no idea that was uh, yeah. offered by the city yeah. what is the biggest fire in your 14 years one come to mind Mm, no, I I got on right after some of the really big fires, yeah. the downtown fires. I wasn't on for any of those. Uh, I can't remember who it was we had on. Was it a web? It might have been before even you, Chris, were producing this, but um, had put put out the uh, a fire at Martin Sprocket. Yeah, I don't know if you ever heard about yeah. that one. That was yeah. massive. I was on right after that. So okay, I, I missed <laughs> Good all for that. You, man. I think one of the guys, one of the relief guys, left after that fire, and I took his spot. So. Have you ever been in a situation that felt risky, or not in fourteen years? Have you ever felt like this? I mean, I, did it always feel like this is completely under control? I know I'm in zero danger. There's been some. It's like, eh? I mean, you go into a burning house. There's always that risk. But as far as like being I gotta go. Yeah. Uh, I not not anything comes to mind that's been like, I'm done. I gotta get out yeah. of here. You know. Is there an adrenaline uh, rush that happens anymore? Because I would think like you know you grow up and you're a kid. It's like I want to be a firefighter. Right. You just imagine like the sirens going like yeah. Like is there any of that that happens at all anymore? Or is it just like another call? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I mean. Pretty days, it's good. Heat of the day, you're like, I don't want it. To. Maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's a false alarm. Let's let's come on. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, middle that. of the night when you woke up, oh, your heart man. does jump, but you're trying to you know maintain that because yeah. with anything, you don't want to be so amped up that you go into it. Tunnel vision, you Does know. anybody slide down a pole when they're going on a call? We don't have any poles. Oh, oh man. It's fire department. Yeah, it's just, this is real. This is real talk, right? It's like, <laughs> they don't have any. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So let's talk about your your running. Like, the, obviously, that is a passion of yours. You didn't just wake up and run a 100-mile race. Right. When did you pick that back up? You said you, you did some running in high school. You quit. So – Talk through, like, go back to whenever that, do you remember the day when you were like, I'm going to start running again? And if so, like, what was kind of the go at that point? Yeah, I uh, I ran in high school, quit. I gained some weight. You know, I was, I was 146 pounds when I graduated high school. I grew up to be 200 pounds, you know, <laughs> and just thought I felt good. Yeah. You know, I had yeah. a conversation with friends that I feel fine. Were you working out? Uh, No. Okay. A little bit every now and then. I wasn't muscle know. then. No, no, it wasn't. There was some muscle under there, but it wasn't. It wasn't two hundred. It wasn't forty, sixty pounds of solid yeah. for sure. Uh, and then uh, my dad actually, when he retired, he started running, and so he would run some five Ks around. Him and my sister, they'd run five Ks, and they'd. You weren't. I, like, I don't want to run. I did that in high school. I don't mm-hmm. want to do that anymore. You know, I'm done. Mm-hmm. So, fast forward thirteen years later, uh, two thousand eighteen, and. Uh, my dad was going to run a race up at the Buffalo River, and it was a, I think it was a six-mile trail run, and then you get in a kayak and float down four miles to the finish line. I said, yeah, sounds I like nice. fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I like it. Let's, yeah. So I started training for that in 2018, and uh, 
we did that, I think, I think I started training in February and that was in May. And so got that and just fell in love with the trail side of things. I love trail running. Okay. Uh, that's where I would run trails every day if we, you know, over the road yes. for sure. I just love a trails. lot less boring, a lot less boring. Yeah. And honestly, you get to walk some more. Like if, <laughs> yep. if you're running down the highway and you're walking, well, you're walking down the highway. Yes. But on that trail, I'm not running up that hill. Yes. I get a break. Yeah. So that's where I like it. Yeah. And, and it's always different, you know. Uh, you get to see a lot, lot better things. Uh, and you said that was 2018. Is that what you 2018, said? 2018. 2018. Yeah. Do your first trail, and you were just when you say at that point you were like, I'm kind of hooked. This is great. Did you just slowly start progressing and saying, okay, I'm gonna do more races and get a little bit longer distance? Yeah, yeah. I had a I had a friend ask me, hey, you want to go to this half marathon over in uh, Springdale? Trail or just? It was a road. Okay, road. And I said, yeah, I'll do it. Well, he ended up bailing out on me. And I still went over there and did it. And I did, I was shooting for two hours. That was my goal. I didn't know half marathon. I've never done one before, but two hours sounds good. So I did that, felt really good. And I think, I think my time was 149. So I was, I did it easily. I was tickled with that. Uh, So then, yeah, it just grew from there, you know. Buddy, hey, we're going to go do a, do a marathon. You want to do it? I was like, oh, man, I don't know. (laughs) So I did a marathon. up at Cotter, White River Marathon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I did pretty... that one, and I had IT band issues. About mile 14, I was walking, and wow. I was walking with a peg leg. Like, it was no – it was and not – had not had any walk. issues up to that point? No. No, I was fine, but I hadn't put in that many miles, you know, uh, to get that, I think. That's a hard road to run on. It's uh, hard. Because it's kind of slanted for a water runoff. Yeah. And I, I didn't have IT band issues when I ran the half marathon up there. Yeah. I did. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and I think, you know, the IT band, flats are the worst. Flats and downhills. Everybody think, oh, it's flat, it's great, but that's where it gets you. Uphills were a dream. Like, really? I don't know. I guess just the pressure, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Just the flat, the repetitiveness of the flat I think it, will yeah, wear. I think just just yeah. keep on beating like that. Uh, so is it, it's better then if you can to find a place. I mean, just for, like, say someone who's wanting to start running, I guess naturally you would say, I want to go somewhere flat because it's easier. Right. But not necessarily. Not in my mind. I mean, okay. my opinion, no. But everybody's body's different. Everybody holds right. up, you know. And it depends on the strength, you know, strength of your legs, your hamstrings, your glutes. That protects that IT band. Yeah. What is the what is the main difference as far as technique between trail running and road running? Like, is there – I mean, obviously, you got to have endurance for both of them. But, right. like, how are you thinking through it differently? Road running, you can pretty much close your eyes and run. There's not going to be an obstacle in the way. But trail, you got your head down looking at every step you take. Yes. And it's you're not striding out. You know, there may be a rock where you're supposed to step. Well, you got to dodge that rock. You know, you got to get around it. And You've got to stay engaged. There's a root, yeah. root here. Yeah, that's one thing that people say, oh, man, trail running, that must be great. I was like, yeah, but I like to go back and hike it the next day to see what I missed because I'll run by some beautiful views. Uh, yeah. But – I was looking at my feet the whole time. You tunnel know? tunnel vision straight down. Right. Yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to look off that and try to run. So for people who like running to be like, I just like forgetting, just kind of like letting my mind wander. Like you can do that with road running, but right. you really can't do that in trail running. You can to an extent, but you also you got to got to split it. You got to be focusing on that. You know, I talk to myself a lot when I run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm my best friend, and sometimes mm-hmm. my worst enemy when I run. I'll talk and work things out, and I can do it on a trail, but. If it's a super technical spot, yeah, it's you're fully engaged on where my next step's going to be. 
So eventually you decide that you're going to do the Arkansas Traveler. I know that this is not your first time you tried it, right? Right. So the first time you attempted was when? 21. So in 2021, up to that point, what's the furthest distance you'd gone? I had done uh, 50K, which is 31 miles up at Sillimore. Okay. And I had done it uh, at that point probably twice. I, well, I, 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 take it, I did uh, I hurt my IT band. And no, on the trail, and no, no, in November okay. at Cotter. Oh, okay, yeah. and then did you finish that race? Yes. Wow. I limped through. I think I was like five something, close to six hours. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I struggled. Uh, thought I was better, you know. So signed up. I would have already been signed up for the Sillimore fifty k. And how was that? How does that affect you, IT band? Where do you feel that at? Mine was my knee, outside okay. of my knee. Yeah. Okay. I think it attaches at the hip, yep. runs down, and loops around the okay. knee. And uh, thought that was over. Thought you were done with that. Yeah, You're good to go. So I'm going to run Sillimore 50k in February. So we take off, and I make it to the turnaround. It band done hurting. Jeez. So I start limping back from the turnaround. Going to go, and I make it maybe a half a mile. I was like, "There's no no point. I'm never going to make it back." So I turn back around. Luckily, I had a ride there to take me back to the finish line. Uh, so DNF that one, and that just. I don't like DNFing. That's not. <laughs> uh, so 50K, and then I did came back the next year and did the 50K again. And so 50K had been the furthest that I had ran in, okay. a, in a race. Okay. And so you completed that. And right. then <laughs> something in you says, I think I can do this Arkansas travel. Well, you know how good friends are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they can get you in a pickle yes. real quick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess had Josh done that, Josh Agee? Yeah, Josh had done it. Okay. I guess in eighteen nineteen, mm-hmm. and I went with him both times and paced him for a section. Okay, so you're familiar with what you were signing up for. The first time I went, I thought, "Well, oh, that's that's cool. That's really cool." No, I don't want to do that. Well, <laughs> yeah. the second year, I remember as soon as we pulled into that parking lot, I was like, "I got to do this." Like, I got bit hard. Yeah, and I said, "This is it." So, how do you train for that? Because there's not a lot of trails around here. I mean, right. obviously, you got Crow's Ridge, you got Craighead, I guess, are yeah. your only options. Yeah. So yeah. what, are you just running those? I run gravel roads. Gravel roads. Try to find hills with gravel, gravel hills, and that's what I trained on. Jeez. So what's the uh, furthest you ran to just prepare for the hundred mile? Uh, I think this year it was. I think I got forty five in. And so it you was, never no. even get close to that. No. No. Uh, Any of the trainings are going to tell you like. Yeah, that was the max. max fifty out. was like the max. Yeah. Didn't you do fifty once in night in twenty one? In twenty one, yeah. yeah. My training, I I had a training plan and I stuck to it to a T. How and, long, and so when you're doing the fifty, even was that? How long did it take you to do fifty? Just practicing. Uh, I started at night. I wanted to run. I wanted to have my my day full and then go in it fatigued. You know, somewhat fatigued and run through the night just to get the use of that. Yes. And so it took me. I think the fifty. I think I was right at eleven hours. And so I started at like seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Did you feel before. awful? I remember at mile about mile forty, forty two, I was standing on the highway on forty nine south, headed back home, and I said, I've got no business running a hundred miles. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. And uh I actually ran, made it to, back to Carriage Hills, and I, I was going to have to run some laps in Carriage Hills to get my miles in, which was awful. I did not want to do that, oh. but uh I remember, I don't know whose house it was. I don't know whose driveway it was. I laid down. Wow. I just laid down in their driveway. You were literally, your body just It was done. three in the morning. 
you know, nobody was up. What does that feel like? Because obviously you've got grit. Like when you when it, when you're going to lay down, like what are you feeling at that? What does it feel like to take your body to that point? When it's uh, you realize when you lay down, you realize how much other things hurt. You know, when you're running, it's like my legs hurt, my legs hurt. But then when you lay down, it's like, man, I didn't know my toes hurt this bad. I didn't know my shoulders uh, hurt this bad. Literally just, everything. Yeah, just things like that. And and it wasn't so much the pain at mile 42 it was just my head you know mental game of it is i don't want to do this anymore you know i've been doing this for sick of it 10 yeah. 11 hours let's do something different you yes. know uh but i laid down and laid there for five or ten minutes and it felt great i mean wow you wouldn't think that a paved driveway would feel great but it felt great yeah, yeah. depends on how <laughs> hard so, you've been uh, pushing yourself right? yeah and so uh i got it from there and finished it out uh Finished it on home. And then you went and you said you did the first uh, Arsenal Trail in 21, right? Right. Uh, but you didn't get a chance to finish that one. No. Tell me, tell me about that. Like, walk me through what that was like for you mentally. So, you're there. Did you feel like when you arrived, I'm going to finish this thing? Absolutely. Okay. So, you had yeah. you were good mentally. Yeah. You hadn't already beat, beat yourself. And you, I guess, up until what point did you begin to have doubts? I mean, how long were you confident into that race? To what mile were you like, My, I got this? I had a very lofty goal. I was shooting for 24 hours. Okay. You have 30 hours to finish it. Okay. So, 24 hours, that would be the dream goal. Uh, now, a lot of guys do it a lot faster, mm -hmm. but I'm not fast. So, 24 hours. So, I shoot out, get to the first crew station. I'm like 10 minutes ahead of pace for 24 hours. Feeling great. No problems. That's, I'll leave how, there. that's how many miles in, you say? That would be mile 17-ish. Okay, so feeling good. Feeling mile good. 17. And, and that's all. That first loop is all single-track trail. So what you think at Crowley's Ridge. Okay. That trail. So okay. it's all pretty technical, you know, but I'm feeling great because yep. I love the trail. So yep. that's that was fun. And then the rest of it is kind of gravel road, uh, forest service roads, fire roads. I mean, it's it's gravel to an extent, but it's rock. You know, it's, it's not easy running. That beats you up. There's right? ruts in it, yeah. yeah. And so they were calling for rain that day, and I thought it was going to be over with by 9 o'clock. So I had a rain jacket with me in my pack. Mile 17, no rain. It's out of here. So I leave there, mile 17, and I'm at about mile 18, and it pours. Open up pours. And uh, I remember running up a road and water running down the road. I'm running up a hill, and it's running over my shoes coming oh, down the wow. road. And I'm like, there's nowhere to go. Wow. <laughs> like, we're wet. And so I did that for about 17 miles to about, about 34, and then the sun came out, and it got hot. Oh, uh, wow. You know, the humidity climbed. Still feeling feeling fine. I was still on pace at mile 31, 33. Okay. Something. I was still on pace for yeah. sub-24. Elements have not been in your favor, but right. you're still but on track. I, I'm weird. I like running in the heat. I like yep. running in the rain. Yep. Like, it doesn't bother me. Uh, so I'm feeling great. Well, then I'm that last – Four mile mile forty seven. I have my crew up there, so that's where my people are at. That I'm going to get a pacer. I'll get somebody to talk to for the rest of the Who's night. Who's your first pacer then? So at that time it was Craig Parton. Okay, and he's from New Orleans. Okay, so he drove from New Orleans. Oh wow, up to pace me. So this is a pretty and strong I, community then. Like yes, you develop. The, yes. people are for you. They're right. In your corner. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I remember I go to the aid station before I get to that. Power line is where my crew is. And uh, the race director, he says, you need to sit down and drink that water. And I was like, I'm fine. He goes, drink the water. He made me drink three bottles of water. And he said, all right, you got four miles straight uphill, straight into the sun. 
And I said, okay. So I took off and it was four miles straight uphill, straight into the sun. And I was, I was toast. Why did he have you drinking the water before you ran? Up he there? could just see it on me. Oh, he could. He could. So see that it. wasn't just he did that every race. No, he saw no. He he saw my my He's face. Seen enough and, of it. Yeah, he, okay. yeah. He knew. He knows his stuff. Like okay. he knew it. And so, uh, so you drink your water. You head straight up that hill. It's straight. Thing. It's all uphill. And that's how many? That was when be, you get to the top. You're at how many miles? That would be mile forty three to forty seven. Okay. That it was in the sun, beaten down. Uh, but in my head, I'm thinking. I got Craig waiting on me. He drove from New Orleans. I'm not quitting on First him. First placer. I'm not yeah. quitting on him. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. he's put in the effort but At to that get point, here. did you feel like crap? I did. I felt okay. rough. And I rode into that crew station, and Josh was there, mm-hmm. and he said, I thought you were done. Your eyes were hollow. You didn't have any color. You were done. We couldn't believe you left. Did it drop that quick, all your energy and everything? From yeah. like, was it that heel that took it? Well, looking back, it was yeah. nutrition. Once you get into those situations, nutrition is everything, and I just quit eating. My stomach just didn't. Oh, you mean you've got to eat throughout it? You've got to eat all day, all day. Did you not know that before? I did, but underestimated. I don't, I don't how much. feel like eating. My uh, stomach hurts. I don't want to eat. You know, a handful of crackers is just not is not it. I don't want that. You know, and so I just quit eating. I wasn't hungry, so I was like, I'm good. Uh, but I think nutrition played a part in that. Uh, Had no energy. Right, just and then I picked up my pacer and we ran twenty miles, ten Jeez. out and ten back. Was that just awful? That or was did better you get because a win? yeah, I had him with me and I had eaten something at that crew station, okay. so it just brought me back. But it was still a struggle. It was struggling, and by this time I had dropped off my twenty four hour pace. So you knew you weren't going to finish it at that point. No, I was still confident. Oh, okay, I was still confident. Like I, I felt better, and then I come, you know. You run through that crew station, then you turn around and come back to that same crew station at Powerline. And uh, I was told I looked different person coming back in. I felt better. For the better. Yeah. You look, but look better. Everything was better. You were moving better. I was good to go. And so and I picked up. How my, many miles? That was a mile 67. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's encouraging news. You're like, yeah. okay, all right. Yeah. We're pushed through it. Yeah. Okay. Only 33 miles to go. That's it. To go. <laughs> Just another 50K <laughs> yeah. plus. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. That's all. And so uh, I pick up Josh. He runs with me that second leg, and it's a struggle. The road, the road on that power line section is all a gravel road. It's a good chat road, easy running, no problems. And it gets dark, so it was nighttime by this time. It was probably eleven o'clock at night, and so I'm fatigued from being up all day. It's past my bedtime. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be here. Me and Josh take off, and we make it. To the next aid station, and then the next aid station. And at mile 80, I sat down, and I said, I'm done. I can't go anywhere. Was that hard for you to do that? It was. At the moment, no. But I about to say, so at the moment, you yeah. were so exhausted. You're like, I don't yeah. care what anybody yeah. thinks. I'm just, I can't do it. Yeah, and Josh tried to get me to go. We got up, and we walked, you know, 50, 100 foot, and I said, I'm nope, not making it. I really it. am done. I'm not making it. And so we turned around and came back. And it just got dark. You hear runners or people in endurance, it gets dark. Well, it was dark. You know, in my head, it was dark. And uh, so I dropped mile 80, done. Uh, get home. I didn't really come out of that darkness. So that would have been Sunday morning, 4.35 a.m. Mm-hmm. I remember just a fog, just a haze in my head. I remember Monday about noon. Waking up, I took a nap or slept, you know. Mm-hmm. I remember waking up and my head being clear. 
So it took that long for my head to come back to. What do you mean when you said your head was foggy? Just, uh, just hazy, like nothing, just almost just completely fatigued, just wore smooth out. Just not really thinking anything. Just right. Kind of existing. Just, just, yeah. Yeah. You know, you've been to a lock in. Yeah. You know, yeah, an yeah, old yeah. church lock in in yes. the youth group, and the next day is just. Just absolutely sleep, yeah, yeah deprived. Yeah, sleep yeah. deprived. Yeah, you get up in the middle of the night, you know, it's you got a fog on, yes. and that's just kind of what it was. Yeah. Uh, so you wake up. You said after your however long you slept for. Yeah, I don't know. And you were good though. I felt great. Like my How'd you head feel physically, headspace was great. Uh, my feet were good. You know, that was the biggest issue with a lot of people is your feet. I had. A couple blisters, but nothing. Yeah, Josh, I think was that the race where he yeah. said that he had just like literally the whole bottom of his foot. Yeah, was his blistered. was rough. He He's duct taping it. His yeah. was rough. Yeah, and I stopped those crew stations and aid stations there are top notch. I've never been to a race where they, you've got nurses and medics at those tents that they'll pull my nasty shoe off, pull my sock off, and be digging in oh, my really? foot, cleaning it, trying to get you know working on those blisters. I'm really? Like, yeah. I told a lady, I was like, ma'am. I don't know you, but you're my favorite person right now because <laughs> – Wow. And it wasn't a big blister, but she doctored it and up. she fixed you know. it up. Yeah. She put some tape on it and put a pad on it and said, "You're, that's all we can do for it. You know, we're not going to pop it or anything yeah. like that. Hmm. And so I thought that was just like the people that you brought with you. So they have people there doing yeah, stuff with yeah, you. Yeah, because uh, you have aid stations in between your crew stations. And so there's about two to three most time aid stations where your crew is not at. Mm. And so you stop in there, they're ready to help too. That that's one thing that they are. They're willing and ready to help. So uh, when you get home, you get your head clear. How long did it take before you're having the conversation again about I'm doing like I'm going back? Like how long did it take before you knew like I am going to go back and finish that? Pretty race? soon, because okay. I got up I think Tuesday or Wednesday. I was like I'm just going to go see what it feels like to run, and I went and ran three miles, and then I was really disappointed in myself for dropping at 80 uh, i was like i had it in so me. close i yeah. had it in my legs yeah. but it's still a dnf it's still a fail yep. it the race beat me yep and so it was probably you know the training for this it's it's three to four months of i'm not gonna be home saturday morning i tried yep. i tried getting up early you know we did some yep three four a.m where i you know we got a birthday party at 10 okay i'm gonna try to get all my running done before 10 yep. you know 30 miles whatever sure but there was a lot of time, and then I would be dead yeah. for the day. And you've got to run some throughout the week, too, right? Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Weekends were my longer runs. Yep. But through the week, you know, I'd run before work, you know, mm -hmm. do things like that. Run. It's a commitment. Work. It is. It's a huge commitment. Yeah. It's a decision that you've got to make with your family. Absolutely. Uh, I had two small children. Yep. You know, they sure. had to deal with, daddy's going to be tired when he gets sure. home. You know. Yep. Uh, my wife, hey, Saturday morning, yep. <laughs> it's on you. Yep, yep. <laughs> you know, and great, you know the best support I could have had, you know, mm -hmm. they were. And so I made the decision. I won't do it in 22. I'll take that year off from that and do it in 23. And so me and my wife agreed on that. Great. Okay. 23. So that was, that was on my mind for a good year of not finishing. Was uh, your training the exact same as it was, uh, the previous did you make adjustments? I, uh, I made adjustments for sure. I didn't stick to mileage wise as good in 23 this year uh but i knew what i knew what i lost i knew what messed me up nutrition yeah so i ate there wasn't too many miles that i ran i tried to eat every hour so if i had a three-hour run i would eat every hour 
just to get your body right used to that right yeah just uh because i could go run for three hours and not eat and i'd be fine you know i'd be hungry afterwards sure. but I'd and be what fine, are they but. what what are these guys like what are y'all eating like what kind of nutrition like what are the snacks that you're trying to put into your body i tried i mean i that's what i my goal was to get my nutrition dialed in on training mm-hmm. that way I can have this, this, and this, and I know my stomach works well with that. Mm-hmm. And so I would use some gels, some. I would. I didn't want to rely on that. I really wanted to rely on real food. And so it was peanut butter and crackers, peanut butter and jellies, you know, cheese quesadillas, things like that. Just yeah. something to easy. Applesauce, those little applesauce packets, those were a game changer, just easy to eat. And, so a lot of uh, carbs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Carb it up. Yeah. I'm not scared of carbs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can't do the the low-carb diet. No, no. Run this thing. So you go back when? When when was the the race? It was October 7th. Okay. 7th and 8th. We're really like, you just finished the sucker. Yeah. Um, So you go back, and tell me what your mental process was like there. Was there any part of you that's like like just terrified of failure? Like, I can't do this. Like, you know, or were you even more confident this time? I was doubting myself probably early September when it was really hot and I would go run 10 miles and be dead. It I was like, so How hot, am I going to run 100? I can't even run 10 right now without just yes. being wiped out. And so leading up, you know, I looked at the weather because I did not want rain. But I was like, if it rains, it rains. You know, a lot of people finished it in 21 in the same elements that I did. So I didn't want to blame the mm-hmm. race on that. Mm-hmm. It's doable. And so started looking, well, a week out, you know, six, seven days out, weather drops off, you know, lows in the 40s, highs in the 60s. I was like, perfect. Mm-hmm. And so probably uh, probably the week before that, went out and ran, felt great. You know, okay, this weather, this is it. And so I remember that morning of the race, we, walked, we stayed in Little Rock in a hotel, and I remember walking out and looking up and – seeing all the stars. I was like, man, it's a clear day, just a cool, crisp morning. It was like 45 degrees. Perfect. And so my confidence went up there. But Are you I was, nervous the night before? Because I would think I couldn't sleep the night before. I think it just my mind would be running so I much. really yeah, – I remember the first year, yeah. Okay. But the second time, I think I just – I knew what it was going to take. Okay, yep. And so my confidence there was – I know what it you takes. You knew what you were in for. Yeah. I've just got to stay healthy and – Stay eating. Yes. And my wife, she stayed on me. You got to eat. You got to yep. eat. And she made sure all my pacers knew, make him eat. <laughs> Did you go through that race? Uh, was there ever a point in the second race that you actually finished that you were like, I'm not going to make it? Or was the diet dialed in to such a point and, and your physical health was there that you, for the most part, I don't say breezed through it, but felt like that you went through it about as, as well as you could? Yes, absolutely. I ran the first loop. 17 miles back to that first cruise station, felt great. Got on the road, felt great. Mile 31, I remember about mile 18 to 30, I was completely by myself. There was no other runners around me. And I'll be honest, I talked to God. Yeah. I, I listened to music. Yeah. Like, we had some good conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, Was there anything in the back of your mind? Like, but I also felt good here last time, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's always. Yeah. And uh, so I roll into the next cruise station. Feeling great. I changed clothes. Get out of, you know, those clothes are sweat through. So, got rid of those. Wow. Weather's perfect. You know, it's 70 and sunny. Who wouldn't want to be outside? Yep. And so, that's when I had my first, all my crew was there. They all came down. And I think I had, uh, 
like 12 or 13 people down there wow to support me and you they're know? all like you look great yeah uh, yeah. yeah like you here, what like you're dying what do you need what do you yeah. need and, you know really helping out and so but the race is still early you know it's yep. you're 31 miles of 100 yes 101 it's crazy <laughs> and so i leave out of that feeling great i get back to that aid station that i dropped was pig trail that was the name of it so i remember getting back to it and talking to the people and i was like i dropped here last year at mile 80 I said, I'm not sitting down now. And so I leave then, and uh, they said, well, we're not going to let you drop this year. I said, all right, Mm -hmm. it's up to me and you then. And so uh, run up, pick up my pacer, and uh, that's another unique story. The the trail running community is like none other. They are all, anybody and everybody is willing to help you out. Really? So back up a bit, about two weeks before, one of my pacers said he couldn't do it. He had some medical issues, couldn't run it. So I'm like, so I holler at Josh, said, hey, I need a pacer. Who you got? And so he calls a guy, uh, originally from Jonesboro, now lives in Little Rock, said, hey, do you? Kn- I got a guy that needs a pacer. He was like, I'll do it. I'm mm-hmm. there. So never met this guy, which is nice because I'm fixing to run 20 miles with him. Mm-hmm. We can talk about, we can do the small talk. You know, we can talk about what do you do? Where did mm-hmm. you grow up? You know, whereas somebody that I've ran with, what do we talk about? Mm-hmm. You know? And so I remember rolling into that, that crew station and I'm changing socks. I, I kept my socks on a pretty good rotation, just keeping my feet dry. Mm. Uh, and I remember sitting down and they were cooking hamburgers. So I was eating a hamburger and I looked down and this guy has my bare foot taking my socks off and he is a bottle of water washing my feet. He said, we got to get the sand. And I'm like, who is this guy? I don't know him at all. Well, he's my pacer. Wow. Never met me before, and wow. there's I think there's a picture on Facebook of him with my feet on his on his thighs, wow. <laughs> washing my feet off and drying them, and uh, so just serving you, man. Yeah, yeah, you you He's, feel like and, a king. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wow. just you just pile up. And, and those pacers obviously have to be in good shape themselves, right? Yeah, he's fixing to go run because you don't need a pacer. He's like, dude, I'm dead, man. Yeah, and you're yeah. Like, Are you kidding me? I've been coming. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so we leave out of there and we talk and he was, he was a, he was a miracle in in disguise. I mean, he was a blessing just to have him run with me. He, he was very upbeat. He's a very charismatic guy, mm-hmm. like upbeat. He was hollering at all the other runners, high-fiving oh, and cool, he had man. been in that community for a long time. And so somebody would pass us and he's like, I got a story on this guy. So he'd tell me oh, a story perfect. for the next mile about this guy that we just passed. You and know? he was at what mile? Well, he was pacing you in? This would have been mile 47 to 67. Okay. So this is when it gets dark. But we actually got to the turnaround before dark. And he had he's attempted this race twice and has dropped both times. And mm. he said, I've never seen this part in the daylight. And I said, I haven't either. Because it's usually I was ahead of schedule for where I was the last time. And so we we hit the turnaround at like six thirty, you know, uh, got a few more miles in, then had to put on the headlamps, and it got dark, and that's when you think, okay, this is where it's going to happen. Like it's dark now. What is it about the darkness that makes it difficult? It's just all you're looking at is your feet, and a you know you put on a headlamp, it's going to shine two to three foot in front of uh. you, and it's just a spotlight. So you got a three foot circle, and that's all you're staring at. You know, so you've got to have good conversation. You've got to, because the longer you stare at that, the more your mind wanders, the more it's, 
here we go. Yeah. You, you don't know. feel like you're really getting anywhere. Probably. Right. Yeah. yeah. Everything looks the same. It's all black. You know, if you look that way, it's a headlamp. If you look that way, it's a headlamp. You know, whatever's in that headlamp is all you're seeing. Do you feel like you start seeing things in the woods and stuff? Uh, at this point, no. I was still really good. Uh, he made me eat. He he got me some food at the aid station, and it was a cheese quesadilla, and I took it, and I put it in my back pocket. It was, uh, <laughs> and he said, did you eat that quesadilla? And I said, no, not yet. He said, you better eat it. And I said, I will. He said, it's going to taste like rubber if you don't. And so I, I said, I got to eat. Weren't hungry at all. No, no. Stomach a little bit upset, just, just a. Almost like you're full. That's what. Yes. That's the only thing. Just I'm full. I, I don't can't want to eat. put anything else in it. Right. I do. I'm afraid I'm gonna get sick. Right. Yeah. Uh, ginger ale that helped. You know, eating, drinking ginger ale and eating. Is some the milk. nausea from pushing your body hard on top of putting the food into it, or? I don't know. Okay. I've I've not researched that. Yeah. To, but it happens to everybody. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's what I. That's a what lot I've heard. of people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's just another one of the things you've got to push through. Right. Yeah. And that's where your training. I told a guy that was going to attempt this. I learned how to walk. And learn how to eat. I said two most basic things, but that's what's going to get you through a uh, race. Learning how to walk and learning how to eat. Uh, uh, and so this guy's, uh, you're paced, you're in the dark, and you're in the dark. you starting at what mile? We started at 47. In the dark? No, in the dark, we were went at mile 60. Okay. So you've got 60 until how, what mile before you're out of darkness? Is it the rest of it's in the dark? The rest of it's in the dark. Oh, wow. So you've yeah. got 40 miles. Yeah, in the dark. In the dark. And so uh, we get back to my next pacer. We drop him off. I get my new pacer, and we go from mile 67 to 84. So we've got to go through that spot. That's the one. I think, That's yeah. right. i got to get through Pig Trail. You had to feel like at that point, if I get through it, I can finish right. this thing. Yeah, and so mile 84 is my next crew station. So my wife is there. All my crew's there. You know, uh, so we're going, and I can feel it. About mile, we we actually I feel really good to mile eighty, pig trail. And I tell the guy, I said mm. I, I dropped here in twenty one, and another guy came up behind me and he said, "I remember you." He said, "You cost me money." He said, "You were sitting right there in that chair." And I said, "Yeah." And I said, and "There was a girl sitting over here." He goes, "Yeah." And she had a blanket on her, and she was just shaking. I remember me and Josh was watching her, and she was just shaking, Jeez. shaking, shaking. And this was in 21. And said, we had money that she was going to drop, and you were going to take off. And he said, next thing I know, she was gone. And she took off running out of it. And Josh, so we actually changed chairs. Wow. Josh said, let's go sit in her chair, see yeah. what that's got in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it didn't have it in it. She <laughs> took every bit of it. Uh, so we got through there, and I was feeling fine, feeling fine. And then about mile 82 – I was, it got dark and it, when it gets dark in your head, it's almost like it's that foggy. It's almost like blinders. Like you just, your peripheral vision is just nothing's clear. And, uh, he's told me some stories. I had my other patient with me. He's, he's told me some stories about some things like, like he was talking about seeing things. Uh, I remember I stopped and pointed. I said, what is that? And I wouldn't move. I said, what is it? And he said, it's just a puddle. And I said, are you sure? Because to me, it was a cat. There was a big black cat laying on the trail. And he was like, wow. no, it's just a puddle. And so I said, okay. So he said I was just mumbling. He told me some conversation we had. I said, man, I never. Wow. He said, we talked about baseball. I said, we never talked about baseball. Because wow. <laughs> he wow. didn't like baseball. And yeah. so we didn't talk yeah, about yeah. baseball. Is it just uh, your brain's way of trying to, like, conserve energy? Or is it just like, it's like I don't know, like it's shutting down parts? Yeah, I think, like, it, I think your, your malnutrition, you know. 
you're sleep deprived. You know, by this time it's it's two in the morning, and I've been up since three, four the morning before. Uh, but he's wow. he gave me some crackers, Ritz peanut butter and crackers, and I ate six of those. And the power of a peanut butter and cracker, I popped out of it. Really? Mile. After you ate those? Yeah. It took me about 30 minutes, and we took off. We ran Jeez. mile 83 to 84. We ran in probably a 10-minute pace, which was fine for wow. me. You know, that was great. I was feeling great. And so, uh, get to that crew station, and I'm feeling good. Like, I know it's over. Like, it's all downhill from here. Like, I can, I've got this whooped. Again, only, what, 15 miles to go? Yeah. Yeah. A little over half a marathon. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> which most people would say, I'll never run that. Yeah, right. exactly right. Yeah. This guy. That, that's what that's what a lot of people, like you mentioned earlier, you would love to be able to say you ran 100. Mm-hmm. A lot of people a lot of people can't fathom it. I would love to be able to. But it's, it's those miles, you know, it's mile 80. It's mile 94 that you don't want to put in the time. You don't want to. It's that suffer that you have to suffer to get to that 100. And that's where, that's where it gets a lot of people. Like even like whenever Liz came on, um, she talked about no matter what the distance is, like whether it's a 5K or a half marathon or right. a marathon or whatever it may be, that the very end always, wherever that end is, seems to yeah. be the hardest. Well, you hit that wall. You know, if you've ever heard of the wall, everybody hits a wall yeah. at some point. Yes. And she talked about that. Every 50K I've done at about mile, you know, 50K is about 31 miles. About mile 22, I convince myself I'm never running again. This is it. I quit. I'm going to stick to anything less than a 50K. And then mile, <laughs> and then the mile 24, 25, I'm back on and good to go. Like you just, you hit that wall and once you can get through that wall, you're good to go. Uh, and so I had, I thought, okay, my wall was at mile 82. I hit that wall. I'm through it. We're good. And uh, picked up my next pacer and she was very excited that I hit that wall at 82 because she didn't want to deal with it mm-hmm. <laughs> for the next 15 miles. Yep. And we found another wall yeah. <laughs> at about we walked for the last 17 miles. We walked. I said, it's not because the terrain is, there may be a rut three foot deep here, full of water, and then it goes up, and then you got to swap sides, you know, and big rocks. You know, we're talking rocks the size of softballs in the dark. And I said, I can run this at a 15 minute pace right now, mm-hmm. or I can walk it at a 17. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather walk it than run it, yep. conserving energy and taking a chance of. Falling, rolling an ankle. Yep. Anything. And I knew at that time I was gonna beat thirty hours. Wow. Like I knew I was I was really good. And you finished in what? I finished in twenty six hours and eighteen minutes. And what yeah. did that feel like to to cross that finish? Oh, it was great. Uh the last little section there is about a mile up a hill, which everybody says, Oh, you know, like we talked about earlier, well, give me downhill or flat, but your quads are so tired, your feet are so your feet are almost warmed up hot from sliding in your shoes going downhill you know your toes are hitting the end of your, so an uphill was a dream like wow so we run up that hill and uh my kids are standing you turn into this driveway oh, and you run the last yeah. maybe 60 foot into the finish line and my kids are up there and so i'm i just know it's a, the sun had come up at this time this That's was cool, man. eight o'clock so we finished yeah. in the daylight and uh yeah we i trotted in it wasn't a run but i trotted across that and i bet they were super proud of you oh yeah yeah they everybody and i think there's a picture on facebook of my whole crew behind me and 
it looks like I'm in a nursing home. Like, <laughs> it got cold. That's it got down to like 42 yeah. that night, and I'm in shorts and a T-shirt, you know, cold, just walking in the woods. And so I got a blanket on me. Somebody gave me a coat, and <laughs> I'm just <laughs> almost leaning over, and it's I look like I'm in a nursing home, and my family yeah. came to see me. Got your uh, peanut butter crackers there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just yeah. much on your snacks. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. What, do you, what do you – when you look back at that um, – what do you think is necessary for somebody um, to maybe it's not even running, um, but you can apply it using you know your experience from running? What are some of the things that you've learned about yourself, or just about just being a human when it comes to pushing forward? Like what what needs to be true of somebody in order to push through the pain? You think and reach a goal like what would you say it's primarily about? What are some of the intangibles or the things that you need to try to develop that are good to apply, not just in racing, but right. all of life, yeah. if that makes sense? Uh, your mindset. You know, you have to be determined. No matter what's in front of you, you've got to be determined. You know, that's number one. The ability, you know, nobody believes you're able to run 100 miles. Of course, yeah. You know, it may not, I'm not able to get this promotion. Like, it's not in the yep. cards. But if you have that mindset of, I'm going to do it no matter what. Yeah. And just knowing that I am going to suffer, it's there's going to be some some hard times. There's going to be some good times, but every uphill there's a downhill, mm. and uh, and I think that you know, and I I try to do it, do something hard every single day, and you know, some people's heart, everybody's heart is different. You know, it may be hard for someone to walk two miles, yeah. but they're pushing through it and they're getting their two miles. It may be hard for you to get in the floor and play with your kids at night, mm-hmm. but you do it, you know. Uh, so just doing something hard every day, and I think that builds that mindset of, you 100%. know. 100%. I told somebody the other day about coming on the podcast. They was like, were you nervous? And I said, well, a little bit. And they said, man, you did 100 miles. There's not much things harder than running 100 miles. So <laughs> you can do about anything you want. I was like, you know, that's a good point. Like, yeah, absolutely. Whenever you've done that, you know right. kind of what yeah. you're capable yeah. of. Have you read um, Grit by Angela Duckworth? I've not. So she basically is, is just saying what you're saying. It's a New York Times bestseller. She's a, I think she's a teacher at Harvard, a professor there. And she talks about the number one determining factor for success in a child's life. Like as they get older, it's not, um, it's not IQ. Um, there's several different like kind of variables that like, you know, we typically think like this person has to have, they're going to be successful. It's none of those things. She says, really it's grit. Yeah. And so she would say like, even when you look in school, you know, you have like usually valedictory and like, and it's, and, and, and we always think the most likely to succeed is, a, is, is the person who made the best grades. Right. And they're like, but they might've done that easily, mm-hmm. easily. They're just naturally brilliant. And like that, that is in no way determining for, you know, like future success. What is, is the person who maybe just had a low B or whatever else, but work their tail off to right. get it because that grit, if you work hard, if you can push through pain, is going to be the thing that determines right. how successful and how yeah. far you go in life. And so it's just what you're talking yeah. about. And so she that. says, when it comes to parenting, I've heard several talks on her. She talks about the importance of, because whenever this all this you know research came out, people are like, well, how do we build that into our kids? And she said, you literally have to try to find something difficult for them to do every day. And it's and it, it doesn't have to be running out hundred miles right. or whatever. Like you said, it could just it could be doing their homework before they go play, or it could be you know, whatever yeah. you know, doing ten push ups. What, but find something difficult for your kids to do every single day, so they learn like to push through the pain. Right. Yeah. So I, I just think that's a, a very important message and a great life lesson. Um, 
what would you say to someone who is interested in beginning to run for the very first time? They're, they they hear this podcast because this happens sometimes. You have someone come on, they're like, yeah. "That's an inspiring story. I need to get active." Someone even like me, whatever, who doesn't enjoy running, but man, I want to be healthy and I want to like. What encouragement can you give the person who's like, "I tried to go run a quarter mile and my body felt like it was going to fall apart." Right. Uh, I've had people ask me, you know. I can't run a mile. I can't run. I said, well, how fast do you run? It said, well, I'm just running hard. And I said, well, slow down. It's like, well, I'm running a, it's 13 minutes for a mile. I said, well, slow down to 15. That's what people do. They want to be able to run that one mile nonstop as hard as they can. Uh, And you can't do that. Like starting out, your body doesn't want to do that. Go slow. mm -hmm. Who cares if it takes you, you know, and just build, you know, maybe it's, I'm going to walk for 30 minutes and walk with a purpose, you know, yes. move. Don't just, you're not walking through the mall. Yep. You're walking to get that heart rate up yep. and walk and yep. then build off of that. And then, yeah, just uh, go slow, start slow. And don't, don't think I'm going to go run four miles today. You know, yeah. start at a mile. That's what I did when I started back running. Uh, the bypass, the West bypass wasn't open yet. Yep. And so I knew how to run, but I was, I was 200 pounds. I hadn't ran in 13 years. And I wasn't going to move on to two miles until I could finish one mile decently. And so that's what I did. I ran one. I could do it consistent for three or four days, and then I went to two. And then just climbed from there. Uh, did you have to change your diet at that point, too? I did, yeah. yeah. Is that the, Was that the hardest part for you? Uh, yeah. that's what I hear from most people. Yeah. It's like, I can get out there, and I can go to the gym, or I can go run, but it's very hard for me yeah. to cut out this or to add yeah. that. Like, how did you – was that a – just a, a, a switch that you flipped on your diet? Any, yeah. Any, anything that you would, any encouragement you can give to someone that's maybe struggling there? It's, uh, me and my wife both did it at the same time. Okay. So that, that helps. helps, you know. You don't have one spouse just crushing 10 donuts right, every morning right. while you're trying to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we did, uh, you know, I, and even now I eat what I want. It's just more portion control. That's that was the easiest thing for me, you know, because I love pizza. Yep. I love I love the junk food. I'm not gonna cut but, out pizza. I'm just not gonna I'm gonna right. eat four slices instead of six or right. whatever. Yeah. yeah. And uh that that's kind of what I did. You know, I did cut out some of the pizza, some of the some of the other things that it's just not worth it. Right. When you're looking you know, at your like, your long term goal. But yeah. yeah, you don't have to eat broccoli and chicken and rice every meal, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of food out there that you can eat. That's good. And you're not going to outwork a bad diet. Like, you've got to dial in your nutrition. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my brother talks about this. He's, yeah, he, yeah. You know, manages the gym here in right. town, and he says, you know, you'll have guys come in, and they'll just, like, they'll get on that ad machine, and they'll just wear yeah. it out, man. Like, 200 crunches, they still got the beer bill. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, man, because you can't drink a six-pack every day. And <laughs> Oreos right before you go yeah. to bed. He's like, you probably have a six-pack yeah. underneath, underneath all that somewhere, fat somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Abs, abs are built in the kitchen. That's <laughs> yeah. where they're built. That's good, wow. man. Tweet that uh, there, Chris. Yeah, I am running that. That's awesome. Yeah, abs are built in the kitchen, so. That's really good, man. Well, th- you know, there's so much more we could talk uh, about around all of that, but I'd love to move into some rapid-fire questions if you're okay. ready for it. All I'm right, sure so uh, number one, what is the last book you read or movie or show that you watched? Well, I'm not much of a reader. Uh, I've, done, I've, I've read a few books, but uh, I was trying to think – I'm going to have to say the book of John in the Bible. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> That's man. where I'm reading right now. So yep, we're going to count that That's as a good, book. That's good, man. That's good. <laughs> we're going to count that as a book. That counts. Uh, and it's definitely a book. Um, what is your favorite band? Oof. We just went, uh, 
we just went Sunday night to Need to Breathe concert yeah. in Memphis. Yeah. And so I've been on them for a couple, you know, yep. trying to remember some of their songs. And I really like them. Uh, Isn't that, didn't, uh, was it Randy Phillips who said that? Need to yep. Breathe? Yep. Yeah. Was his we favorite just had man. the coach for uh, Paraguay. His, actually, his podcast will have just come out, right, or came out right before yours does, just released. But he said Need to Breathe. Yeah. So. Yeah, that. And uh, I like country music. You know, I'm a. Who's I'm, your uh, favorite country artist? Probably Eric Church. Okay, he's. I like him. I could have. Somebody said Eric Church recently too. And then it was. And I like the, you know, the George Strait. You can't beat him. Yeah. You know, just sure, some of the other stuff. Yeah. So. Was it Lee Blythe that said Eric Church? I think it might have been. Yeah. I think it might have been. You ever heard of Twister Alley? No. Yeah. If you Google Twister Alley, we had uh we had uh Lance Lance Blythe. Lance Blythe on here. Uh, he's works for the Green County Extension Office and. We just had him on to talk about the extension office, and out of nowhere, as we're in the conversation like this, he mentions that he was in a band in college, and it was a <laughs> band that should have to be called Twister Alley, which was signed by the same uh, – who do they have today? Chris Stapleton? Uh, the, today they have Chris Stapleton. But they used to have Reba McIntyre. At the same time, have, it was Reba, Vince Gill, and wow. Twister Alley. Right, um, yeah, they're all right here from here. And Lance, yeah, he lives really? here. They have a show. Like they had a song on CMT and all that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, just that drop out. that out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, Twister Alley, man. So uh, – Okay, what would be your last meal? What would that consist of? You don't have to worry about carbs, any of that kind of stuff. What would your last meal be? Pizza. I love pizza. From where? Anywhere? Yeah, anywhere. Anywhere. I've never had bad pizza. I agree <laughs> with that, man. What kind of pizza? You like straight cheese? I'm pepperoni. That's good, yeah, man. Yeah, that's, that's so, where I'm at. Yeah. We're having pizza tonight. Uh, what is on your nightstand right now? A lamp and phone charger, probably. Good. Uh, give us a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you great joy. Just an ordinary moment. Uh, you know, I'm off. We work 24 hours, 48 off. So those days that I'm home, you know, uh, it gets quiet around the house. You know, I, I do other things around the house, but it gets quiet. But I think when my, my family, my wife's a school teacher mm -hmm. and so two kids in school. So when they get home, that's, that's game on, you know. Yep. That's when the yep. that's when the fun yep. starts yep. all over yep. again. That's know? cool. I can have fun by myself, but that's yep. when it gets fun. That's uh, cool. Uh, last question: What is one thing that you are deeply grateful for right now? Uh, my walk with Christ for sure. Uh, that's top of the list, and then uh, my family, you know. Mm. Uh, and last week or two weeks ago, it was my crew. I was deeply thankful for them. Of course, you know, man. they took care of me. They got me through that. Uh, yeah. So, awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm thankful for a lot of things. There's great, there's a lot of things that yep. I've I've got nothing that I'm not grateful for. It's excellent. I love it, man. Well, Jeremy, thanks so much. It's a pleasure to be able to meet you, get to hear your story. Yeah. It's very inspiring to me. I know it will be for others as well. So appreciate you making space to be here. Yeah, it's great time. All right, Jeremy has left the building. Um, I truly want to go for a run now. Yeah, we ought to. I've, I've not done it in probably two or three weeks. Been making a lot of excuses, and I feel like right now I'm tired of making the excuses. Yeah. Jeremy's a really fun guy to run with, too. I've run with him several times. Really? He's very encouraging and, yeah, just an overall positive guy to be around. That's what I need. You're the same way. I've run with you before. Yeah. I've got to – my thing is I've got to stop comparing mm. – myself to others mm -hmm. a lot because I can look at you or I can look at guys like him and I'm like I'm so far from where y'all are and I don't feel like I should be like I feel like you know I'm, I'm pretty active I'm decently athletic I'm like why is it so hard for me to run and then I get discouraged and just kind of want to 
yeah. kind of want to quit. And well, so, I love that he said that uh, when he didn't complete, he, he didn't say other people beat him. He said the course beat him because mm. it was just him versus the course. The other people don't matter, mm. right? So, and walking is important. I just finished a book called I Hate Running and You Can Too. <laughs> it's hilarious. I love it. And he pointed out that, listen, if the uh, world record holder for the 5,000-meter walk can do a 5,000-meter, a 5K, in 18 minutes, walking is not a bad thing. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Sounds like a book I need to read. Well, um, Jeremy, thank you so much for making the space to be here. For those of you who are still listening, thank you for tuning in. If you've not done so, please check us out on our different social media platforms. We're on Facebook and Instagram primarily. Also, whatever uh, platform you're listening to this on, whether it be on Spotify or Apple, please take just a moment, give us a five-star rating, and that helps people to find us more quickly and learn about the incredible people that are living right here in our community. So as always, Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.